Live. Live. This is the Vision View Sports Show. We are live on BBSR.live and Vision View TV with Cesar Mabena, DK Chavalala, Chloe Grace, and Tanaka Mundo. I'm super excited, super amped for today's conversation because I'm in the presence of greatness, right? I'm with Mzansi's national treasure, that is uh, Kaylin Swart, who is the Banyana Banyana uh, goalkeeper, as well as a player for JVWFC. Kaylin, thank you so much for making time for us how are you doing hi dk oh i'm good thank you and thanks for having me i'm excited for the show i'm super excited you walked in and i was like oh looking good (laughs) (laughs) do you get that a lot because we usually see you in your um kit um when people see you at the shops are they able to recognize you yeah for the most part i think (laughs) a lot of people they recognize me more in the kit yeah but obviously when i dress out and i get out then yeah some people are kind of surprised so yeah, but, yeah yeah people staring at you like she looks familiar yeah but you got to confuse them at some point <laughs> right <laughs> oh um, man how are the holidays did been, you even get some rest yeah i we had a couple of weeks um you know we finished pretty late with banana mm. um i mean we had the last qualifier for afcon around the 10th mm-hmm. so yeah we had a couple of weeks um i went down to cape town for a little bit um just to you know get to the beach and wine, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty good one. Um, a lot of rest, mm-hmm. which is was which needed because yeah. yeah, last year was a pretty hectic year for us. Um, obviously, the league was tough, um, you know, with the Panyana, with all the qualifiers and things like that. But yeah, I think the rest was needed, and yeah. I'm glad I got some rest. <laughs> I'm glad you actually got some rest because um, I think uh, after the FIFA World Cup, right, three weeks later, you're already traveling to Limpopo, and I was like, what? You know, so you needed it, right? But in, 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 that, in that sense, when you have such a busy schedule, you know, and fatigue is kind of creeping in, how do you still keep going? You know, we get that question quite often, um, but it's, it gets harder as time goes on, because you've got to really find the balance mm. between, you know, the hard work and trying to, you know, set, reset your body mm. and your mind. Because, I mean, for us goalkeepers, everything's mental. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just trying to find the balance between having fun but still working hard and, you know, finding that balance between rest and hard work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think let's take it back to where it all started. So you were born in Gabecha, right? Uh, Port Elizabeth. Um, and that's where your football career actually also started. Uh, do you still go home? Do you still, you know, um, are your, is your family still there? Yeah. So obviously I'm from a small town, like a small neighborhood, Galvindale, um, in Port Elizabeth. Uh, my family's still there. My parents, my extended family, um, but yeah, I try and go home as often as I can. Um, but, you know, also trying to find the time to you go home and actually have a week or more. Mm. You know, it doesn't make sense for us to go home for a little for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do miss my family. I must be. But um, moving back there, I don't think I, I could move back. But um, going to visit <laughs> is, yeah, it's awesome to visit yeah. and see my family and then, yeah. And and that's normal, hey? I think for some people, they might be like, ah, oh, why wouldn't you go back home? It's actually normal. Once you leave home or where you grew up, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you'll always go visit, but it's just like going back. No, no, no. That's a different story. Um, I'm going to take you back a little bit. Springs Home Sweepers FC. You know, uh, for those who don't know, maybe you tell the story. Uh, you know... 
talking about Springs, obviously, brings back so much like good memories. Um, because I played there while I was still in high school. Um, because I was at boarding school at the HBC in Pretoria, and obviously driving to Kotemba mm. every weekend. It was tough, mm. but no, it was amazing. I mean, Coach Joseph Mkonza, mm-hmm. which was the former go- uh, coach of Banyana. Yeah. Uh, he was the reason why most of us played for him. You know, myself, Janine, I don't know if you know Noma Temba. Noma Temba is uh, her name? Sedibane? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she, the three of us, are obviously, are kind of the three names that people would recognize. Um, but there's so many talent that's come from mm. that team. And, I mean, he just had an eye for talent. Um, but, yeah, playing there was, I mean, I was in grade 9, grade mm. 10, grade 11. I think that when I, obviously, the national team and the under 17, under 20 started becoming a lot more um, busier. Um, the ske- schedules were, you know, being every week or once a month. So, yeah, it just became tough to play. But, yeah, I think the Sasa League has definitely uh, shaped a lot of us mm. um, and, I mean, for Cecil to still be on board with Banyana and yeah. still have the league, it's massive. And, yeah. I mean, all of us have come from the league. So, mm. yeah, I think it's just been a crazy journey. But, yeah, starting there has just been massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, credit needs to go to Cecil, man, uh, for sticking around for so long, for being loyal to you guys, even when you guys didn't get the attention that you deserved back then, you know. Obviously, it has improved over the years, especially with regards to um, the results, you know. People are now seeing the great work that you guys are doing. Um, but we have to speak about you being a goalkeeper. How did that come about, you know? You get into football and then you kind of realize, that actually keeping is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, initially, I wasn't a goalkeeper. Um, I played striker. Mm. I played midfield. Mm. I played everywhere. And I think I think I was around 12 when my dad was like, don't you want to try being a goalkeeper? Mm. Um, and I was like, why? And he's like, well, I played and, you know, it's, it's good. And I think I did it for maybe... Two games, and I said, no, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Mm. And he was like, no, just keep going. And then he started training me. And my dad was my first coach. Ah. And, um, yeah, I think it's just... Hard on you? Very. Yeah, he was very hard. Yeah. <laughs> my dad is very strict. He's a disciplinarian. And um, at the time, obviously, all the parents were like, why are you so hard on her? Mm. And he was like, I know what my daughter's going to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was that type of guy. And, yeah, I think he just... He saw something in me and, I mean, as a training got in, when I got into training and, you know, started wearing gloves and catching balls, I think it just came natural. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think, and then there was times I'd play in goal first half and then play (laughs) infield second half. And then, obviously, the boys started getting older and, you know, puberty started hitting. And, Mm. um, yeah, and then he just said, you know what, just stay in the goal. And, yeah, I guess... I never looked back Blessing after in disguise, that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, you also mentioned the under-17, and you represented South Africa in the 2010 FIFA Women's World Cup in Trinidad. Um, how was that for you? I think you were 15 years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all of us were so young and naive. Mm. Um, you know, our football careers were just starting. Um, obviously, training every day at the HBC and, you know, getting you know, the proper training and the nutrition and all of that. Um, I think it really laid the foundation for us, but Mm. none of us actually knew the magnitude of the tournament Mm. until we got there. And 
I mean, development was still pretty slow at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think we all kind of just relied on our natural ability to, you know, play football and, you know, to read the game. But I think coach Soli Luvengo was probably the best coach we could have had at the time. Um, because he knew that we were still so young, mm. we were still very immature mm. in terms of playing and, you know, just being footballers. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think just looking back, yes, it's a lo- long time ago, right. but... <laughs> Not uh, that long. Awesome, so I feel so old. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, Trinidad and Tobago was... A t- it's a beautiful country. Um, it's an beautiful island um we had so much fun but obviously we were pretty humbled on the football Mm. field because you know all the other countries were pretty advanced already at that time and we were just kind of starting out and you know but the fact that we were the first team to qualify for Mm. a world cup at the age of 15 16 was probably one of the biggest achievements for Mm. us at the time but yeah it's when i look back it's fond memories Mm. and you know, getting to play at the highest level at such a young age, um, it really shapes you and it makes you really realize that, you know, football can be something. But then we had no idea that football was going to be our career, you know. And, um, yeah, there was a time where I, you know, wanted to dabble in. I was pretty good at cricket. And, you know, I wanted to pursue cricket more. Mm -hmm. And um, But, yeah, the bug of football just... Get me going. <laughs> I, mean, how, I mean, how lucky are you? You know, you're this multi-talented and you just, you have, you have the, the pleasure to just decide, ah, should I just go to cricket now? Okay, let me start here. If things don't work out here, you know, I also, so does that say um, you come from a background that um, uh, your family, a lot of them played family? I mean, sports rather. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty, my family's pretty big um, sportswoman mm. and sportsmen. Um, you know, we have provincial karate in the family, Jeez. rugby, cricket, and obviously me with soccer. Yeah. But all of us played soccer. My mom played football. Oh. Yeah, my aunts, they all played. So I think it's it was bound, bound to happen. To happen. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> inevitable. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, and my brother, he's a, he did Ironman. And um, yeah, so I think sports was just a thing in mm. our family. And I mean, I think, I guess... I'm glad I got the good mm. jeans of, you know, the sporting jeans. And uh, my dad was a pretty big rugby player. Um, he played cricket too. So, yeah, I mean, cricket was definitely something that I loved. I played Eastern Province cricket mm. up until 19. Ooh. Yeah, and I was the youngest in the under-19 in, in under team and obviously playing in the senior team for Eastern Province was also crazy because I was... 14, 15 years old in the senior team. So, yeah, it it was awesome. And then, obviously, athletics was also a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Javelin and shot put. I played Eastern. I did EP athletics. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and that all stems from my father. Yeah, yeah so, so I think you're one of those people at school where it's just like Kaylin is just so annoying. Like every sporting <laughs> code, you know, you're just going to do so well. I mean, the fact that you played provincial for most of the sports that you played for is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, like I said, sport was always something that, and I was always the busy kid. Mm. I was never at home, really. I was mm. always on the field, whether it was soccer, cricket, athletics, it was always something. And um, obviously my dad was 
the reason why all of these things were, you know, available for me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Even <laughs> now when people ask me, you only play soccer? I was like, no, mm. I still play cricket now and then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so if I'm done with football, I'll definitely continue with cricket. So do, do, do you look at the momentum proteas and be like, I, I should have been there, but anyway, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of them, I've played against them. I've played with them and I'm friends with them. Sure. So yeah, it's, it's full circle, yeah. honestly. And you know, just the way they've risen now and mm. how much, you know, momentum they are gaining mm. in the sport. And it's awesome because I know these players personally and mm. obviously we've all had our struggles whether it was soccer, mm-hmm. cricket. We've all started from rock bottom mm-hmm. and, you know, for us to be rising the way we are now. Especially women's sports. Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the future is female, yeah. you know, and, you know, the people say that, but <clears throat> it is. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so just the fact that I know these girls personally and you know I'm friends with them it's what they are doing on the cricket field is amazing and Mm. the way we support each other is massive and yeah I just hope that it continues this way and that at some point in the next five years that all sport is professionalized Mm. and we can actually say that we are professional athletes Mm. you know where would you where where do you think the difference (coughs) is you know in terms of the growth that we're seeing especially from the likes of your crickets and um uh you guys banyana banyana uh, considering that there is no professional league but here you guys we know that you know there's a plethora of talented players in this country and yet we're doing so well but we don't <laughs> even have a professional league but uh, you know we we're competing amongst the best i think a lot of it comes from the individual and um without it being professionalized, I think just us treating ourselves as professional Mm. as we can be and, Mm. you know, investing in ourselves as much as we can. Uh, But I think the growth comes from, you know, the financial backing from, you know, corporates or the federations and, you know, the investment, not just financially, but the time and the resources that is needed for us to compete at the highest level you know the better facilities and you know playing at stadiums and you know having fans come and watch us but I think it's just investment whichever Mm. form it is um, I think that that would literally be the biggest growth for us to you know be professional Mm. sure Um, let's go back to you now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you also embarked on a journey, right? You ended up in the United States, played for the likes of, is it AIB, uh, College of Business? Yes. Um, h- how did you end up that side, on the other side of the world? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, after high, when I graduated high school, uh, my first year of varsity was at the uni- University of the Western Cape. Um, and I finished that year. We had a pretty good year that year. Mm. Um, you know, all of us were on the team, myself, Jermaine, Leandra, mm. um, Rachel. So we had a pretty stacked team. And um, that was the time where, you know, the scholarships and, you know, America was becoming a, you know, a powerhouse in the college game. And, mm. um, yeah, so Robin Moodley was at the school before, like the year before me. Okay. And she gave me a call and she was like, dude, like, would you want to play in the U.S. and study? And and then I was like, you know what? I'm actually happy in Cape Town. <laughs> and then I got the call from the coach 
And it was a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, you know what? Let's, I'm going to take I'm a leap it. of faith. Yeah. And um, yeah, so going to America was also probably the best thing that I could have done for myself. And how did your family take it? Your father, especially, because <laughs> as much as it's a, it is a bittersweet moment at the end. Yeah. They were shocked because mm. I literally, I had a couple months before I was leaving and I actually did everything on my own. I filled out my paperwork, I did my visa process. I, you know, going in and out to Cape Town for, you know, the embassy and making sure everything's sorted. And I think it was about two months before I left. Mm -hmm. Um, This was in December, so by February I had to be out. So I think it was end of Jan, going into February of the year of 2014 and I was like listen I'm out like I'm going to America this is what's happening and um, yeah they were pretty shocked because they had no idea that the US was even an option Mm, Um, they thought obviously I was going to finish my schooling in Cape Town and you know continue with whatever it is I decided to do but yeah I just decided that this is what I want to do and um, I took a leap of faith and yeah, I found myself in America and I was there for about seven years. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just been a journey. And I mean, like I said in the beginning, it's probably the best thing I could have done because, you know, my football has taken off. My football got better, but also I obtained a degree um, while playing football. I have a BSc yeah. in sports management and marketing. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so... I mean, I'm not just pretty. I yeah, brains <laughs> <Brace> too. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you also set records. Um, I did. I yeah. believe you know. Uh, I, I'm sure that was just like you know, uh, that just stamped everything. You know, that okay. I'm really I'm on the right path now. Uh, me coming to the US is not a mistake. If I'm setting records, then this was meant to be. Yeah, you know. In the U.S., women's football now is probably at its peak. Mm. Like it's where everyone wants to be. And the college level is pretty professional also. And for me to be in that environment, you know, Menlo College has really given me everything mm. I needed. Um, they provided me with, you know, the adequate schooling, the professionalism in the football program, the coaches and all of that. So, yeah, I mean... I owe that school my life. Yeah. Uh, they've really helped me grow as a player. And, um, you know, in 2016, when we qualified for, you know, the Rio Olympics, that was obviously a massive achievement mm-hmm. for the school. And I was the only one at the time. And I was the only foreigner on the women's team mm. at that time. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I did some really good things at that school, but I wouldn't have done it without the mm. help of the school. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned 2016, <clears throat> the 9th of July, 2016. Do you remember what happened on that day? No. Did you not make your essay debut? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that way. Oh, I don't expect you to remember all these days. <laughs> yeah, so you made your debut for South Africa yeah. um, against a US team. What are the chances? Yeah, what are the chances? What are the chances? US is looking at you like this ungrateful little child. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, from, I want to say, from 2015 is when I really, really decided that, you know, 
okay, I'm going to make football my life. Mm. And the fact that the national team was willing to let me, you know, study and make sure that they have, you know, the means to bring me out to South Africa whenever we had a camp. And, um, I mean, obviously we have to credit SAFA for always making sure that whether we're abroad or we're at home, yeah. they make sure that they know where you are and what you need mm. for us to, you know, be available for camp. But, yeah, it's it feels like such a long time ago. And, yeah. But yet I still feel like my career is just starting. Sure. I mean, I f- people will say I'm getting older. Oh, I think I'm getting older, <laughs> but my career kind of is just starting. Mm. And I feel now like I'm at my best mm. and I feel like I'm in such a good space mm. that I'm, I can actually say that, you know what, as even though I'm turning 30, my career is starting off now and who knows what, you know, life will bring in the next couple of years. But, um, yeah, I'm just grateful that I'm able to still do it and, you know, play at the highest level. Yeah, I, I'm glad because then it gives us some sense of relief that uh, you'll be around for a very long time. So we shouldn't <laughs> even be worried because we shouldn't worry at all because we need you, right? Um, but then you also, in 2018... Uh, represented SA, you were part of the WAFCON team um, that reached the finals, losing to Nigeria. Um, take us through that experience for you personally, yeah. for the team and that achievement. That 2018 was honestly the building blocks mm. for us to achieve what we did in 2022. Um, looking back at that tournament, I think we was we were really good. We had a very good team, but I just think we was we were a little bit behind in terms of, you know, the competitiveness of where we all were. You know, we were all still playing Sassy League. Mm. You know, the um I just graduated college at that time, so I was just came back from from the US to South Africa. So I think we all were in the transition phase. You know, we were all transitioning into becoming footballers mm. full time. And I think, you know, that final, if we lost in penalties, which is probably the mm. hardest thing to, you know, the hardest pull to swallow mm-hmm. is penalties. And the fact that we went head to head in the game for 90 minutes extra time, we really gave everything. And I think, you know, penalties is a gamble. You know, mm. not everyone um, has that big match temperament yeah. to really, you know, take a penalty at the, that time. But we were all still very um, immature in terms of, you know, the pressure and dealing with, you know, playing Nigeria. And, you know, Nigeria's always been yeah. our enemy. Yeah. <laughs> For both so, men and yes, females. Yes. Right? So Nigeria's always been the team that we always wanted to beat. And um, in 2018, obviously coming so close, but that defeat fueled us mm. for the next AFCON. Mm-hmm. And I think in those four, three, those years in between, we all just kind of grew and we really reflected on what we did in 2018 and what we didn't do. And we really rectified our mistakes Mm. going into, you know, the AFCON in Morocco. And, um, yeah, I think that alone is a story for another day. And winning the (laughs) AFCON in Morocco in 2022. Yeah. Shoo, what a feat. I mean, um, yo, that... 
welcome that you guys got at uh, the Ora Tambo. Um, that was unbelievable. I mean, when you guys sit, when you were in that bus, when you knew that there's a whole lot of South Africans waiting for you guys, you know. Um, I don't know, it must have been emotional as well, considering that, um, especially with women's sports, that it never got the attention it deserved, especially with you guys, you know, having, um, you know, playing in empty stadiums. But uh, here we are, South Africans, backing you guys up. Now, if you ask anybody, <laughs> name five players from the Banyana Banyana team, they're able to do yeah. so. You know, back then we couldn't. But um, really, you guys proved to the South Africans and the world that, you know what, let's, as much as we're not getting the support, but let the results speak for themselves. And Morocco was just the cherry on top. Now, Morocco was everything and more <laughs> for us. Um, you know, from before we even left, um, we had a meeting and we all were determined to win. Like we knew why we're going to Morocco. And I think that just trickled down from the coaches down to the staff, to us as players. And, you know, we had so many meetings between the players and mm. stuff. And we always, always said that, you know, if you're not willing to give everything and fight for this country, then you might as well stay yeah. at home. You know, and that to me was the the start of something great because mm. we all knew and we all had the common goal of being champions. Mm. And, you know, when we played the first game, um, we played Nigeria. Mm. And <laughs> I remember, like, just going to that game, we all, re we all knew that we have to win. Like, mm. we have to set the tone. And, I mean, we outplayed them. And from that game, we knew, okay, we've arrived, yeah. you know, and... We were not going to back down for anyone. Um, but, yeah, I think being crown champions in Morocco was obviously the best thing for us. But, you know, coming home, you know, seeing all the support mm. at the airport. And, yes, a lot of us got pretty emotional because it was something that we never thought would yeah. happen. You know, and the fact that we had people literally waiting for us, you know, cheering for us. Yeah. Making sure that we felt like champions mm -hmm. and we felt welcomed by you know thousands of people mm -hmm. and yeah so when we walked out of the airport we were like whoa <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and can i tell you it was so chaotic because we were there we were yeah. broadcasting yeah. from there media houses you know when we're fighting each other for a spot i'm like this is such a good fight you know this is such a good thing to be a part of yeah. when you see media houses fighting one another making sure that you know they're as close as possible <laughs> to you guys we like these are our champions you know but uh, ah yeah. oh, you guys really made us proud really really did um <clears throat> I know you're going to leave, so I'm going to um, move on a little bit. But uh, it did seem as though that was just the beginning, right? Because then FIFA World Cup. Ah, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Shoo. I can imagine what you guys were going through. But let's just speak about that achievement on its own because you were on goal for all three of those matches um, that actually made us progress through to the knockout stages of the World Cup. Maybe just give us a sense of, you know, per game. Because obviously you're taking it per game, yeah. you know. But uh, give us some insights. <laughs> I don't know. Were you sleeping? What were you guys eating? What were you guys talking about? You know, how were you guys feeling? And so forth. Um, like, like I said, 
2022 was the stepping stone mm. for us to really, you know, cement ourselves in the football world and, you know, people to recognize us as, you know, the footballers that we should be. Um, so, yeah, going into 2023, we knew it was going to be a massive challenge mm. for us. Um, you know, the camps leading up to the World Cup, it was very tense. Mm. Um, obviously, 23 players are chosen. So, you know, every camp there was about 30, 40 players coming in. And, you know, so every week you were like, okay, if we can get through this week, it's okay. So we literally took it day by day, week by week. And, you know, a month before we left for New Zealand, I think that's when all the tension was at its highest. Yeah. And, you know, we were all kind of just trying to, you know, stay fit, stay healthy and uh, make sure that we're in the best position to be chosen for the team. And, um, you know, when we got to New Zealand, um, you know, we had some troubles with sleep and mm. um, jet lag. And mm. I've never experienced jet lag like that <laughs> ever in my life. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of challenges came into it. and But then again, we all kind of had the common goal of, you know, wanting to make a statement, wanting to put ourselves out there to say that, you know, what 2019 was a, a learning curve for us. Um, you know, we had a good time in France, but the results were obviously not for us. It wasn't going our way. Um, it was our first World Cup. We learned a lot from that World Cup. Mm, so, mm. you know, fast forward four years, we've worked super hard mm. in those four years to actually make an impact in mm -hmm. 2023. And I think we did. Mm. You know, um, we played at, we played our best football. Um, yes, some games were tougher than others, but um, all we tried to do was just stick to our game plan, you know, try to be there for each other because... All it took was teamwork and us believing in ourselves and believing in one another. And obviously we've put in all the hard work. So now we got to, you know, you know, it's like when you study for exam, yeah, an exam you comes, you're like, you know, and you pass and yeah. that's the reward of putting in the hard work. So yeah, we worked super hard. And, you know, the first game against Sweden, we knew because we've played Sweden a lot of times, mm. you know, they are probably one of the teams that I think they really like us because <laughs> they we've played a lot of friendlies against Sweden we've played a couple in Cape Town mm -hmm. um, so yeah we we knew what Sweden was but you know I don't think they knew how much we have grown to mm -hmm. as, a, as a team yeah <laughs> so I think we re we shocked them and I think it it's just you know the uh, I think it was just a little bit more for them because of the level that they play at um, day in, day out, they are playing, you know, Champions League top level games every week. And I think that's where the gap was. But the fact that we could, you know, compete against them for 90 minutes, I think that was definitely something that, you know, when we walked off that field, we were all distraught. Like mm. we were obviously sad. We were like, damn, like we gave everything. But the way we bounced back, yeah. I think that speaks volumes mm. from where we were to where we are now. And um, But yeah, every game was just tough. And I think the Italy game was probably the most, most dramatic one for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I think uh, we also have to give you your flowers um, with the contribution that you made, you know, to um, also ensuring that the team books a spot in the knockout stages of the competition. 
did you ever think that you'd ever make 14 saves, right, in the four matches that you played at the World Cup? No. <laughs> to be honest, no. 14 saves at a World Cup. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I mean... What do you even say to yourself? Do you do you shock yourself <laughs> at times? Because I, is it surreal of of how how I mean, geez, how much you've grown in the game and the contribution that you're making, representing SA, and also just you are the difference also when it comes to that team. Yeah, I mean, for me, obviously, when we came back, I had no idea about the stats and stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm not a stats girl. Yeah. Like I just try to go day by day and you know, be better than I was yesterday. So mm. when, obviously, when all those stats came out and all those numbers came out, I was like, oh, whoa, yeah. like, I actually did <laughs> that. That's like, me. Yeah. I was, it was pretty overwhelming because mm. at the time, obviously, you don't think about those things. You just want to make sure that you do the job and you make sure that, you know, the team wins or you contribute to, you know, saving goals and making sure that we don't lose and, yeah, so obviously when I saw that, um, yeah, it was it was a great feeling mm. because also of how much I've had to, you know, sacrifice and, you know, the hard work I've put in to really, really grow my game individually and also be a better goalkeeper um, and obviously be a player that can help the national team. So, yeah, it's, it's also just the reward for all the hard work mm. that I've put in and... Um, but yeah, the, it's still, it's still <laughs> Feels a, surreal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to dwell too much on the negatives, right? But I think um, there's something positive that I actually saw um, come out from when you guys boycotted um, that friendly against Botswana, obviously due to that substandard pitch uh, in Zagane. But uh, it also shows the strong bond that you guys have as a team and that you know, you, you, you're united as a team and that you back each other up. Absolutely. And that was also one of the things that really solidified mm. the unity that we have. Mm. Um, you know, we all fought together. We didn't, not five, four, ten, ten didn't. Mm. You know, we all 23 strong. And that was our motto going into the World Cup was if we can... Stay, stick together and fight for each other, with each other, then nothing can stop us. Mm. And yes, people would say, oh, the timing, the timing, but I think that was the perfect time for us to really show that we are serious of mm -hmm. what we are doing. And, you know, yes, there was a lot of, you know, negative chat about, you know, oh, we think we, you know, we're bigger than the game. Mm. It was never about that. It was about the equal rights that we have as female footballers because you I mean the men wouldn't play there yeah. so why should we play there so that was the thing like you know if we can if you want to treat us like professionals you got to provide us with you know the proper equipment mm. training fields playing fields and things like that so a lot of it was us just being you know tired of you know being second best mm. um, we wanted to really show that you know, we are here to stay and um, like it or not, we're going to fight for what is right and what we deserve. And I think we just, we deserve so much more than what we are getting. And um, that also shows that no matter what, we're going to stick together and we're going to fight whoever needs to be fought with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to think and uh, trying to imagine the kind of... Um, 
character or um, that you are in the team. You know, there's always different characters. We, um, just for example, probably know Lamini uh, is the one who sings, who makes jokes. Um, I don't know. What, what kind of character <laughs> do you bring into the team? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the clown. I'm the class clown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you know, sometimes, you know, football can become so serious and mm-hmm. like, you know, it's cutthroat and, you know, you've got to be, you know, on on your toes all the time. But, you know, for me, bringing a bit of laughter, being a clown, you know, bringing everyone's spirits up. I think I just want to have, I just want people to be happy. Mm. If I'm in whichever circle I'm in, I want people to be happy. Um, you know, you know, the people don't remember what you did. They remember how you made, made them, them feel. feel. Yeah. And for me, that is what I go through life with. Um, I want people to remember me for the reason how I made them feel. If I give them a smile every day. Yeah. And, you know, like even like when you're driving, yeah. uh, you know, the people on the side of the road mm-hmm. or, you know, when you stop at a stop street, you know, some people look miserable in their cars. Yeah. I'll just give a smile and be like, hey. And so, yeah, that's just me. Like, I just want my teammates to be happy and feel good about themselves because, um, you know, a happy player is a best is the mm. best player. So, yeah, I think, but yeah, I'll always be the class clown. I, I can <laughs> never be serious. Like, in a serious moment, uh, you know, sometimes Coach Des would give me some slack a bit. Yeah, because, yeah, um, you know, sometimes you got to be serious. And But yeah, I, I just can't be. And I think that's just what makes me me. And mm. I play at my best when I'm free and I f- I'm happy and you know, I'm relaxed and I can just, you know, go about my thing. I hate being stressed and tense yeah. because you'll not, you won't get the best yeah. out of me. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and the clowns are the best of the team, right? Because even when you know you're having such a horrible day, but you know that clown is going to make me laugh by saying the most stupid thing ever, yes. <laughs> but it's going to make me feel better and my spirits will be yeah. lifted, you know. Um, but uh, but you, also being a goalkeeper, you've got to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Really? A goalkeeper is yeah. a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <Absolutely>. know that. <laughs> but uh, you you spoke about what a hectic year you had last year. Um, but I mean, it was also fulfilling um, considering the awards that you got. I mean, you know, just uh, um, cementing, you know, um, and also just uh, kind of, how can I put it? Like just reaping the rewards, right, of your hard work, um, being named the um, Hollywood Super League Goalkeeper of the Year, uh, considering that your team actually, JVW, finished third, yeah. but uh, yet you were the best goalkeeper once again in the league. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in the start of last, in the start of the season for 2023, our goal was to end in the top four. And the fact that we achieved our goal, that was the best thing for us like that was a massive achievement considering how many players we lost in the year like in the beginning of the season um and obviously we had to rebuild we had to you know bring in new players and um you know credit to Janine and Lauren for really really prioritizing the team to make sure that we had the best players to you know take us to you know third place or second place Mm. and we finished third under the circumstances I mean, that is an achievement for mm. us to celebrate. Um, and also going into the season, my goal was to, you know, 
accumulate the most clean sheets mm. and I worked hard every day at training just to make sure that I was in a good position to perform well for the team and obviously clean sheets is what is our goals yeah, for goalkeepers, goalkeepers you know so yeah. you know pl- infield players want to score strikers mm. want to score we want clean sheets mm. and um yeah and my teammates knew if they were messing around in front of me they were gonna hear it so um <laughs> as much as i'm a clown i can be yeah. hard you know i can be hard on them but um yeah for us to finish third and for me to get goalkeeper of the season was a massive achievement for me because that was my goal set and the fact that i achieved my goal was you know it was great. I mean, mm. I still, I'm still so proud of, you know, how far I've come from, you know, not being at my best mentally, not being, you know, st- mentally strong. I was, in, I was depressed for a little mm. bit. Like football was not my happy place. And mm. for, for me to come back from that and to be sitting here with you now, talking to you about all these mm. things that happened in the last year alone. Mm. And yeah, so I, I mean, I'm just, it's, uh, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm loving every bit of it because now I'm so much, I'm happier now. And I'm in a good space that I'm able to, you know, play at my best and achieve all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I know at some point you you were considering on quitting. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad <laughs> you were able to overcome the challenges that you were facing at that time. Yeah. Um, because it's it's not easy, you know. Um, there's a lot of people who look up to you guys, who want to be and follow your foot in, in your footsteps, rather. Um, what do you have to say to them? Because... Um, someone might look at it from the outside, but there are also so many challenges that you guys need to conquer um, and yet also still be passionate and keep going because this is what you love at the end. Yeah, you know, it's never easy being in the spotlight or being in the national team because there's so much pressure that comes with that title of being in the national team. And um, obviously for me, being in the national team for so long it's never really been sunshine and roses, you know, it's always been tough. And um, yeah, now (laughs) going back to me almost quitting, I think that was probably the lowest time I've been in my life. And, Mm. um, you know, football wasn't bringing me joy. Mm. It was just a lot of stress and a lot of expectations that were put on me that were not fair, even though, you know, people had this idea of, you know, me playing soccer and saying that, oh, I don't, I shouldn't be playing. Mm. So a lot of it comes from social media. Social Mm. media is really, as much as it's a blessing, it's a curse. It's a curse, yeah. So a lot of it stemmed from, you know, the negative um, social media posts and all the negative press and all of that. But um, for what I would say, you know, to players or athletes that, were in my shoes or are in my shoes and it's to obviously always look for the positive mm. um like if i gave up i wouldn't be here mm. now so um i always just never give up obviously if you have you know the ability to you know dream and wanting something for your life make it happen mm. because no one else is going to do it for you mm. unless you take charge of your own life mm. so um yeah so i just 
tell them to just never give up and, you know, fight for what they want and, you know, just make sure you do it and have fun with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think if you were to tell someone um, who is at their lowest that look at the positives, someone might look at you and like, yeah. you, you know, what are you talking crap? Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's what makes your journey, you know, hence you are here and um, you are able to speak about your highs yeah. and your lows and um, you are able to tell us um, that you are now in a good space, yeah. you know, because that's the journey that you needed to travel. Um, but um, before I let you go, um, <laughs> obviously the um, Africa Cup of Nations is still on um, in Cote d'Ivoire and Bafana Bafana are through to the next round, to the last 16, and they're going to face Morocco, yeah. right, who finished top of their group. Yeah. So far, what have you made of our performance um, uh, specifically, judging from um, the wrath and the lack of support that Bafana Bafana <coughs> has had throughout the years, also because of um, the lack of achievements, you know. Um, but uh, here they are now as the team that has been assembled with Hugo Bross, your thoughts? Well, leading up to the tournament, I think, you know, social media, again, I think a lot of the times people were backing the boys, but then not backing them and, you know, throwing some negative comments on the team selection. And, you know, the, the coaches selected team for a reason. And I think when they played Mali, we saw a glimpse of, you know, growth in, in terms of mm. the way the boys are playing mm. and how they approach the game. But I think, you know, the first game is always the hardest game. And obviously, Mali is, a, they have really good players mm. and a lot of their players play abroad and play in, you know, top leagues. So um, I don't think there was any negative view from my end, yeah. but I think the fact that they bounced back against mm. Namibia was massive. Mm. I think that was also um, the way for them to say, you know what, we are trying and we're going to fight until we can't fight no more. And obviously last night's game, yeah. um, I think they played really well. Mm. You know, they were very mature in the mm. way they defended. Um, you know, they tried to attack as much as they could. And um, I must give credit to Ronwin, um, my homeboy. Oh, <laughs> Goalkeeping yes, department. Yes. Um, now he's really been solid for the national team, and um, obviously Tembozwane, another man of the match performance for him. But um, I just think that you know they did what they needed to do last night, and the fact that they gone through to the round of 16 now. Obviously Morocco is going to be a lot tougher, tough, yeah, because they have world class players. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I think if they just you know continue to you know stick together and you know fight for each other and fight for the national team i think they should be they should be okay mm. um but obviously i want them to win mm. i would love to them for them to go further um that would just bring a lot more joy you know to the country and to the people that are obviously watching because results bring supporters mm. let's be honest mm, so true. um uh, yeah so i just wish them all the best against morocco it's not going to be easy but i mean we've beaten them at fmb before so we can do it again. hopefully we, I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure we can do it yeah. again but yeah i just want to wish them all the best and make sure they just hope that they you know put out a 
brilliant performance for everyone to see. Yeah, um, I was about to ask what are you busy with, but I think people don't know that you actually have a full-time job. Yeah. You're a coach, administrator <laughs> at school, banyana banyana goalkeeper, JVW goalkeeper. Like, what don't you do? What can't you do? Um, but how's that, having to juggle your full-time job and your passion? It's really hard because, like, like I said, once if we become professionalized, we can really focus on football. Yes. Mm. You know, and also what the struggle is with us at JVW is like 80% of us all work so that's why we have to train at night. Mm. So it's hard because you go to training at 6, you get home at 9, 9.30, almost 10 o'clock sometimes, and you got to... Be up in the morning. Up in the morning, mm. train before you go to work or to school. And, yeah, it's just, it's really hard. It's overwhelming at times. It's exhausting. Mm. But, I mean, I can't just play football at the moment, you know, because we have bills to mm. pay, you know. Paul's not going to pay itself. (laughs) So, yeah, there's a lot of things that, you know, contributes to, you know, trying to, like I said, balance, you know, finding the balance to work and to train at the same time. And, you know, yeah, I love coaching. I love it. But if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't do it, Mm. you know. But I'm forced to work because, obviously, football Mm. is not sustainable at the moment. And, you know, we pray to the soccer gods mm. that they can professionalize our league sooner than later. And so bring that, in the money, please. Yes, <laughs> so that we all can just focus on being footballers. And, you know, I think the league, the team will grow so much more if we all can just focus on football. Yeah. yeah. Caitlin, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our chat. No, um, but thank I know you. I can't keep you any longer. Yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that you made time for us. I wish you all the best this year. I mean, sure, you have achieved so much. And I'm looking forward to seeing what more you're still going to achieve. Any boxes that you still want to tick? Um, I would lo- we would love to qualify for the Olympics okay. uh, in 20, now in 2024, in 20, yeah. obviously. Um, we have two games. Uh, hopefully, we can beat Tanzania mm. and then we'll get Nigeria in the final. Um, so, yeah, I think qualifying for the Olympics would obviously be one of the boxes, but um, back-to-back champs for AFCON mm. would be the cherry, cherry on, the top. on top. Yeah, mm. so obviously we're going back to Morocco this year. Um, so, yeah, look out for us and, you know, keep supporting us and hopefully, you know, we'll bring the results. And it's possible. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank Kaylin. you so much. Thank <laughs> that you. That is uh, Kaylin Swart. Live. This is the Vision View Sports Show. We are live on BBSR.live and Vision View TV with Cizo Mabena, DK Chavalala, Chloe, Chloe Grace, Grace, and Tanaka Mundwa.